92 and you are FM. We are talking travel. Sally Lucas joining me, Jane Klein. And Sally, we're off to a rather interesting part of the world. Lots of mystery and lots of mist and lots of good things. Yes, of course. And we're talking Peru and the famous Inca Trail. Now, unfortunately, this year with the World Cup in South America, and they're only just getting over Carnivale on the other side, things are pretty crazy in South America. There's lots of people traveling there this year. So you may or may not have heard, but the Inca Trail permits are totally sold out worldwide, not just here, worldwide. So permits, they... For the Inca Trail, they only issue 500 a day. Um, They limit it because they were worried at one stage. This came in a few years back now. Um, They didn't want it to be decimated. And they also only have it for a certain period of the year, so they can always upgrade the trail as well, and it's closed. Um, but this is only till the end of August, but so this, at this stage, then that could change, but that was the latest advice we have. So if you're travelling over this time, sorry, I've got to let you know you're not going to be able to do the Inca Trail. However, you can do other trails. Other trails, good. So it means that the, the difference is there's one called the Quarry Trail, and it's an ancient Inca Trail as well, and you're not trekking with 499 other people a day of those 500 permits. Um, it's, it operates all year round, and um, it's only three days as opposed to the four-day Inca Trail. But you start in Oliatantambo, which I always have difficulty saying, which is the start of the Inca trek, and you're doing hiking and camping still. But what you do at the end, you're doing a trek around from Oliatantambo and back like a circuit, and then you actually get the train up to Aquascalientes and go into Machu Picchu. So the difference is you're not walking in to Machu Picchu like you do on the Inca Trail trek. But having said that, there are other treks you can do as well. I mean, that's just one of them, as I said, but there are quite a lot of others. Um, And I think, you know, don't feel disappointed if you can't do the Inca Trail because the main thing is you get to – the whole thing is whatever one you do, you want to get to Aquascalientes and you want to see Machu Picchu. So that's the town outside. Aquascalientes is the town. There is no such town as Machu Picchu. People get a bit confused by that. Aquascalientes is like the end of a rail line. It's really fascinating. The township has grown around the rail line. So you've still got little funny hotels and little – Art, artifact shops, etc., all along the platform. But since then, the town has grown beyond the actual railway platform. Originally, that's all it was, was a group of buildings around the railway platform. Um, and then from there, they bus you in and you go in and out in a day, of course, to see Machu Picchu. But there are other ones. There's another one called the Lara's Route, uh, which goes through the Sacred Valley, and that's another one you can do. Um, and there's another one, is it just a one-day Inca trek you can do for someone who you know, mightn't be up to doing the full trek. So there are some various other treks you can do if you're interested in doing that but I think the main purpose of it other than the trekking of course which is arduous and and it's moderate to difficult some of the trails just to let you know that they're quite steep Um, but the thing is I think it's just getting to Machu Picchu however however you do it it doesn't really matter to me I think the thing is it's such a marvellous sight to see that it will take your breath away no matter what sort of weather it's in when we were there actually the weather was fairly poor that was October but um, a lot of rain and mist so therefore it looked very ethereal because you know, all the tops of the buildings were just all shrouded in this mist, which was just absolutely fantastic, which eventually lifted as the morning got on and some of it burnt off. But it's just a wonderful thing, and you just look at it and think, how, how, how was it ever built and where did they all go? 
I mean, you know, the disappearing race. So, but a very interesting part of the world, and that that whole part of um, Peru was interesting. Cusco in itself is a wonderful town, and still has lots of relics of Incan civilization in Cusco itself, as well as going then down into the Sacred Valley, which is which is nearby. So, it's a fantastic area to spend a bit of time anyway. And Cusco is actually higher than Machu Picchu. It is. That it, I was had difficulty with breathing there, and it's really good to try and get there. You know, no matter which way you're coming in, but whether it be coming through Lima or you've come from somewhere else or Santiago, then give yourself a couple of days to acclimatise. Don't start trekking as soon as you arrive because it will take you a couple of days and you will find it does, you know, you, you will be affected by it. So just remember that. Just allow time. It's not something you can rush. Um, take your time to enjoy it properly. And generally speaking, Machu Picchu is considered to be perhaps the, the best highlight of South America. Well, some people say that. Yeah, I guess on that side it probably is. I mean, we could talk about, I suppose, as you know, as you know which I haven't done yet, but down the Patagonia area, which of course are the El Calafate and the Perito Moreno glaciers, I think that would be another wonder as well. But I guess not as many people aspire to do that as they do to do Machu Picchu, I guess. And on the other side, of course, we've got the wonderful Iguazu Falls, and so that is another attraction, of course, on, on the eastern side of South America. Having said that, I mean, South America is just a, you know, a massive, fantastic opportunities to do all sorts of travel from, from high-range desert country to snow-capped mountains to fjords, glaciers. It's got everything, everything in one continent. As we talk travel on to NURFM, it's 19 past one, and Sally Lucas it's sometimes very pleasant to go away on a holiday when you know everything is already paid for. I think so. And I guess a similar version of that is a cruise. Not that that includes everything. It does include your meals. But sometimes, depending on the cruise company, you might still have to pay for drinks and you've always got to pay for your shore excursions. On some of the upmarket cruise companies, they do include you know, the alcohol in your price and the river cruises, but not all. So that can vary. With a Club Med holiday, however, everything is included. So meals, activities, accommodation, drinks, alcoholic or non-alcoholic with, with your meals. You might only have to pay for a special cocktail occasionally, but basically everything is included. Drinks, snacks, ice creams for kids, you know, just about everything. And they've got 80 resorts worldwide so and a wide range of areas too. I have friends actually who went to a Club Med resort twice with their children for that very, very purpose. He said, I'm not putting my hand in my pocket every day, buying the kid an ice cream, going to do an activity, you know, that they get the kids to even put on shows, the little kids, and they perform, put on a stage night. And also the GOs or the gentil organisateurs, as they're called, the GOs at Club Med, they also put on shows at night as well, which is really quite entertaining. So just to give you an idea where some of these resorts are located, um, you've got Africa, Middle East, French, Swiss and Italian Alps, they do ski resorts in those areas, as well as in China and Japan, they've now got ski resorts there. Um, Asia and the Indian Ocean, there's resorts like places like, you know, Bali, uh, Thailand, um, Mauritius, you know, Réunion, um, Caribbean and the coasts of USA. Um, in Europe, you've got areas in the countryside of France and Italy, as well as the snow regions there. The Mediterranean and Atlantic coasts, including Brazil, again, France, Greece, Italy, Portugal, Turkey, Northern Europe and the Baltic. So you've got quite a range. Unfortunately, we did have one in Australia, which was Club Med Lindemann Island, which closed. Um, they just thought that it was not up to the same standard 
as the rest of their resorts were worldwide. They're up a fairly high standard of accommodation. And, of course, we did have one in New Caledonia and Tahiti which are gone, which are also a shame. So we don't have them in the Pacific region as such anymore, but certainly they are good value for money. And I think the great thing is for families, they've got different types of kids' clubs, starting from... Now, again, you need to check with each particular resort with your travel agent. They don't all have the baby club for the real little bubs. But then after that, they all have, like, from the toddlers, then to the next age, and then to the teenage. So, and they provide a, a wide range of activities for all age groups. Um, they even have some of them, they have the circus school, uh, which is great. And a lot of the sporting activities, you're getting free tuition. So if you want to have tennis lessons, golf lessons, if they've got a golf course, you know, if you want to go Hobie cat sailing, if they happen to be you know, on, on the ocean. Um, so your, your inclusions are wonderful. And as I said, the standard of accommodation is high. And you, unless you use something outside the resort, of course, well, that would be at your own expense, naturally. But certainly everything within the resort is an all-inclusive package. So people look at it sometimes and think, oh, gosh, that's expensive. But if you add up what you're getting each day, when you think if you go on a holiday where all you've paid for, say, is your airfare and your hotel, you've still got to pay three meals a day, sightseeing, activities, da-da-da-da-da-da. So don't discount it is all I'm saying. Just just have a look at it and do your comparisons because it really is a fabulous way of knowing very little spending money to take with you and it's all prepaid in advance before you go. And you're still getting the flavour of the country. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you can still go outside the resort, of course, as I'm saying, but, I mean, that would be at your own expense, of course. But you're certainly still getting the flavours. They always try and make sure that the staff involved in each resort are typical of the the people of the region as well and they include always the style of cuisine of that area as well so you're getting the flavors of the country that you're involved in or staying in as well so really an interesting way to have a holiday and a very good option to have a look at as i said particularly for families whether it be skiing and again you think about skiing how much it can cost you to go skiing you know it's it's been Not quite cheap. expensive yeah. you know and i've had families go to the ones in france and so on and you know everything's included skis poles boots got a ski room to put everything in you know it's all there it's uh, you know you're skiing off piece but right there so you know just well worth considering anyway to look at a club med holiday as a different option thank you sally lucas thank you jane we'll be back talking travel again next friday after the one o'clock news on two and you rfm